Welcome to the Unstoppable Entrepreneur Show, 20 minutes or less of power-packed strategy to disrupt your thinking, elevate your mindset, and help you scale your sales online. I'm Kelly Roach, former NFL cheerleader and Fortune 500 executive turned eight-figure entrepreneur. Let's go. All right, welcome back everybody. This is the Unstoppable Entrepreneur Show. Super pumped to have with me Ben Shapiro here today. Hey Ben. What a pleasure to be on the show. Great to meet you. So excited to have you here. And I know we have so many podcasters and aspiring podcasters that listen to the Unstoppable Entrepreneur Show. And I am so excited to dig into your story today, talking about how you left a successful business, you started a new business, and then ultimately your podcast really became your primary focus, your primary stream of income uh, for your overall business. And I know that is something that a lot of entrepreneurs aspire to pursue and achieve. But before we dig into that, give a little bit of the backstory, give people a little bit of context to your evolution as an entrepreneur. Absolutely. Uh, it, it, people talk about the entrepreneurial journey and I think of it more of the entrepreneurial lifestyle. Um, and, you know, I felt like I was an entrepreneur even before I had launched a company. I, I worked at eBay for a long time um, and all the cool kids were leaving the big companies like eBay and going to these early stage startups. And I really wanted one of those jobs in my early 20s. And I could not get it because I didn't have startup experience, which is ironic because what a startup experience. It's experience doing something that hasn't been done yet. Um, I ended up leaving the big company and starting my own startup because I couldn't get the job that I wanted running the marketing department at a venture back startup um, and uh, learned all the hard lessons, did all the wrong things that every entrepreneur should do their first time um, and ended up kind of bouncing back into having a job. And, you know, I, I loved kind of working for myself. I just wasn't very good at it the first time around. So I ended up being uh, the head of marketing at a couple early stage startups. I was finally able to get the job that I wanted. And after doing that for a handful of years, uh, you know, I, I kind of bounced out of that as well. It wasn't the right balance for me. And then I started actually seeing some success as an entrepreneur. Ironically, it came out of a lot of the failures that I had and it went from uh running the marketing departments at the early stage startup to starting a consulting business and now a new media business where I focus on uh, podcast content production. So I've bounced around a little bit. What were some of the biggest learnings for you from those transitions that you made that you now carry with you in everything that you do? Yeah, you know, I think that in my first startup, it was a company called Strum School. Uh, it was meant to teach uh, or connect people that wanted to learn how to play the guitar with guitar teachers online. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, I started building things that people didn't tell me that they wanted or need. And I think that, you know, what I've learned, and there's a, a thousand business books, uh, you know, the lean uh, startup, and uh, I'm sure that there are others that have the same philosophy. You need to find a signal, right? You're, you're trying to find product market fit first. Um, and then once you find something that people want and need, you start to think about scaling it. So it's a lot of experimentation up front instead of just finding a bunch of capital and spending it on something that you think people might want. You got to go figure out if they need it first. Yeah. It's so funny because I feel like all of us as entrepreneurs 
That's always the first learning. We start by creating something that we're super passionate about, that we think the world really, really needs, that we think people are going to be interested in. And then it comes to find out that we really need to make sure that we are meeting the urgent thing that people are going to invest in, not necessarily the thing that they most need, because it's very, very different, you know, someone needing something versus someone wanting something, right? Absolutely. Uh, with that first startup that I, I mentioned, Strum School, uh, you know, I built this platform that was basically Zoom for guitar lessons. And it was like, you know, I don't know, 10 years ago now. And nobody knew or, or wanted to go online for their guitar lessons. At that point, what they were looking for was guitar videos, pre-recorded content. Mm-hmm. But I didn't actually bother to spend the time doing market research, which ironically is you know, a big part of what I do today is talking to the customers about their needs and desires. Most important thing you could do, find 10 people you want to sell to and ask them about what they want, what they're looking for and where they're going to go look for it. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And it's so interesting because it all comes back to the basics, right? We all think that, you know, success is so complicated and that there's a secret to success, but it always comes back to these basic essentials. It's just that for a lot of us, we have to learn them the hard way through the school of hard knocks versus, you know, reading or listening or having someone share that with us and and taking their word for it, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, You know, there's a reason why it's, I forgot who told me this, but somebody said it was an angel investor that was like, I invest in entrepreneurs who are on their third startup because the the first startup you very likely are going to crash and burn. The second startup, you you might see some success, but you really kind of figure out how to get into that sort of finding the signal through the noise process. And then your third startup, you really know what you're doing and you're going to be efficient. And that's where the investors are like, great, this is the type of person that we want to invest in because they'll have a return. And so, you know, hopefully I'm on my third iteration of my business now. And, and that's yes. That's so interesting. And I always say for entrepreneurs that you want to acquire clients that are on their multiple investment in the space that you're in because they're habitual investors. They know what value is. They know what they're looking for. They're actually committed to the outcome. I always say if you attract someone that's a first time buyer in your space, they're not even going to appreciate what you're offering. They're always going to go look for the next greatest, latest thing because they don't know. Right. Whereas someone that's invested a couple of times in your space when you provide excellent value, you provide excellent service, they know excellent value when they see it, they know excellent service and they're going to appreciate what you're offering. So it's so interesting to hear you talk about it from the opposite perspective uh, as an investor is evaluating an entrepreneur. Yeah. You know, finding an investor that's going to give you great advice and some resources, but also not get in the way and, you know, meddle in the operations. That's tricky to find a little bit of a needle in the haystack. Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. Okay, so fast forward to today, you know, you are really helping companies to understand the overlap between corporate identity and customer needs so that they have an effective marketing strategy, which really speaks to kind of exactly what you just talked about there. But share a little bit more about kind of what that overlap is and and what that looks like. Yeah, you know, when I left my last early stage startup, I really didn't know what I wanted to do. I just started taking on short-term projects basically to bridge the gap financially until I figured out what my next real job was going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
out of that process, one short-term project turned into the next and turned to the next. And I was running a consulting business. And by getting a couple reps of going into businesses that were saying, hey, help us figure out sort of the, the foundation and the, the groundwork of what our marketing department should be. I built this process that was really interviewing two different types of group. I would go into a company, early stage or growth stage company, and sit down with the major stakeholders in the company and talk to them about what their products were, why did the company exist, how do they describe their products or services, who were their customers, and what were their needs. Then on the flip side, I would go and talk to either their customers or their prospects and ask them, you know, what are the problems that you're trying to solve? Where do you look for them? What are the key decision-making criteria? And when there was overlap between the two of those groups talking about solving this problem together, to me, that's really where the, the, the brand, the mission of the company needed to live. All the product descriptions, all of the actual products, they all needed to live in that center between the overlap between what the company was saying they wanted to be mm-hmm. and the customers were saying they wanted. And if you just go and t- and just go and talk to the people that are, you know, working on the project and the people that are looking for the solution, they'll tell you what the right answers are. So true. So true. Sometimes as entrepreneurs, we're killing ourselves to try and figure out what the market wants, what they're gonna invest in. And all we need to do is go talk to our own customers. What other products or services would you be interested in? What other things are you going outside of our company to invest in because we don't offer it, right? What do you wish we did in our products and services that we don't? Yeah. I think people think of innovation. We need to innovate. We need to do something new. We need to think up something unique and go build it as opposed to innovation is finding the right solution and go building what yeah. what the need is. So yeah. I think that there's a little bit of complexity there in terms of figuring out what you want. You want to be different. You want to be special. But, yeah, but you also got to solve the problem that there's a need for. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Now let's dive in and talk a little bit about the MarTech podcast. And let's talk about how you really were able to turn the podcast into a business in and of itself. So talk to me a little bit about that. Yeah. You know, the the MarTech podcast started out as an experiment. I had been running the consulting business for about two and a half years. And my business development strategy was to go and talk to the people that I had already worked with. And at some point I ran out of people in my existing network. And so I started a, a content strategy to try to raise the profile of my consulting business by just meeting new people. So I wanted to interview interesting guests and hopefully build some listeners that might buy some consulting services from me. It was an experiment that went completely sideways. It ended up growing way faster than I ever would have expected. Right person, right place, right time. The sun was just, you know, shining on this idea that I had and it, you know, blossomed into what it is today. Um, the podcast medium has been exploding. Um, there wasn't a lot of content around marketing and technology specifically, and that's kind of a budding industry as well. And I, you know, had the prerequisite ability to have a conversation and understanding of marketing to hopefully produce some interesting content. So that was a fortunate for us in terms of the timing, but it, it ended up eating my consulting business. Now it's pretty much all I focus on. 
Yeah. So talk to me a little bit about what your podcast musts are in terms of building the brand of the MarTech podcast. I'm always interested in hearing uh, different nuances in that strategy. Absolutely. So I think that the first thing that we did well at the MarTech podcast was exactly what you mentioned, branding. Um, And I I think of this very vaguely. Because you're in podcasting, you can name it whatever you want, even if there's an existing podcast. Mm -hmm. And I didn't name my show the Ben Shapiro show because there's a political podcaster with the same name. Um, But you can name your show whatever you want. And so I would stop, you know, start thinking about what people are actually searching for and take a broad topic. You want it to kind of be in the medium where it's niched down. I didn't want to call it Ben Shapiro's marketing show. It was too broad. Um, I wanted to have some sort of a verticalization you got to talk about something that you're an expert in, but you know, to me, describe what you are going to be talking about. Your show is about entrepreneurship. The term entrepreneurship is in the title. So when people are searching for entrepreneurship, they'll likely find you. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that from a brand perspective, keeping it broad and descriptive is very important in podcasting because people are not necessarily looking for the super happy, wonderful Ben Shapiro marketing show. They're looking for the keyword marketing. Yeah. Um, so the more simple you can have it, the easier your content's going to be defined. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And what other things do you think for those that run a podcast that would like it to become a bigger part of their business? What other re- recommendations, ideas, you know, or suggestions would you give to them? Yeah, there are two variables putting on my marketing hat that you need to optimize for to grow your podcast. Um, they are review and subscribers. And if you can drive a lot of reviews, people talking fondly about your podcast publicly, and you get new subscribers, then you will be boosted in the app store. And then you'll start to get organic traffic. Now, the question is great. How do I get reviews? And how do I get subscribers? And reviews, you got to go talk to either the people that are listening to your podcast or the people that are your guests and ask them to review your podcast. I don't think that saying, hey, leave a review in iTunes actually does anything. I think you got to go email people specifically. In terms of driving subscribers, I think that there's four mediums of marketing that really make a difference. It's organic, viral, paid, and partnerships. Organic is how much content are you producing? And when people are searching for it, will they find your content? They find your content, they'll listen, they'll subscribe. Um, Virality is how are you getting people to share the content? Again, I I think that's mostly who are your guests. If you have high profile guests on the show, they share it with a lot of people. Your show starts to get out there. You could do some social media syndication. Uh, Paid, we do a lot of advertising, most of it in other podcasts where we're mentioning our show on other shows. And the last is partnerships. You know, Kelly, I'd say that this conversation is a a partnership, right? You have a podcast, I have a podcast. You know, I'm reaching out to help provide content to you. um, And it also allows us to get exposure. And so, you know, whether you're working with other creators, other brands, there's always ways that you can collaborate with other people to to help share the content. So those are really the four channels I think of from marketing and podcasts. Yeah, so simple and so clear, right? And these are strategies that everyone listening can do. It's just about really determining 
what your focus is, what your goals are, and then how are you going to reverse engineer? What do those actions look like on a weekly basis to drive those outcomes? I feel like for a lot of people, they think growing their podcast is like in this trial, like it's this, this mysterious, like mythical thing. How do you grow your podcast, right? But those things are, they're, they're the things, right? And so you're giving four really clear ways that people can move the needle on that. Yeah, you know, I, I think where people fall down in podcasting and in content production in general is that they don't think about how long it's going to take to see yeah. the channel bear fruit, right? 100%. Building an organic growth channel, whether it's a blog, whether it's a YouTube following, whether it's a podcast, social media, right? If you want to get something for free or get your your, your users for free, it requires consistency and focus. Yep. So you got to be creating content on the regular, high volumes of content. You got to do the promotion. You got to do the work for six months to a year before it really starts impacting your business. And so a lot of podcasters come in and they record 10 episodes in you know five weeks and they publish them. And then they're like, I didn't see any value. Yes. I'm out. And it's like, hey, you're like five months away from it being worthwhile. Absolutely. I mean, I even think looking at content in a year scope is too short of a time frame. You know, I, I think that especially with podcasting, it's a long game. And really, if you're going to get into it at all, committing to the long game strategy is so, so important. And also the mindset and mentality with which you're creating the content is so important, right? If you're obsessed with extraction, if your only focus is your ROI, you're not going to create the, the innovative and interesting and, and creative content that's going to compel people to want to keep coming back. And I think it's so important to remember that as well. You know, we fell into that trap a little bit and, and I've been doing the MarTech podcast for three years where we started to optimize our guests on what their social syndication score was. So we basically have this little algorithm that we built that looks at uh, how big of a social following they have, you know, their domain rank, how many email subscribers they have. And we were prioritizing the guests that we were having on the show based on how much they could share the content. Mm-hmm. And I think that we started to over-index in that yeah. channel and then our content wasn't being as well consumed and so we saw a dip in how it was being shared yeah so you know there's always a balance here you got to create great content you got to find a way to get value out of it but you can't just do one or the other you got to think about building something good and finding an appropriate way to get value out of it as well so true. So true. Great tips. Great strategy. So, um, Ben, why don't you just give a like a quick snapshot on the MarTech show and let's invite people to check it out and take a listen. And then if there's any other resources that you want to share or, or opportunities that people have to connect with you, you know, let's. Yeah, let's I, I, I appreciate you, you giving me the floor. Um, the MarTech podcast is a daily show. We talk about the use of technology to help market businesses and help marketers grow their career. So if you're interested in learning how great businesses grow, some of the innovations in marketing and in the technology space, um, we produce content regularly. It's relatively short form, 15 or so minutes a day. Um, And you can find the podcast. uh, You can just search MarTech in any of the podcast app stores or go to our website, martechpod.com. And uh, yeah, that's, that's our show. Thank you so much for sharing. Thanks for everything that you brought to the show today. Congrats on all the success of the show and so much more ahead. It was great having you here today, Ben. Uh, It was wonderful to be your guest. Thanks for the opportunity.
Absolutely. Thanks so much, everybody, for listening to the Unstoppable Entrepreneur Show. And we'll see you back here in just a couple of days. Bye. Hey, thanks so much for tuning in to the Unstoppable Entrepreneur Show. I have a question for you, though. Have you actually subscribed to the show so you never miss an episode? As you guys know, this is 20 minutes or less of power pack strategy that is going to help you crush your goals, unleash your potential, and create your dream life. So you haven't subscribed already? Make sure you do that today. And while you're at it, if you love today's episode, why not share it with a friend? I would have so much gratitude for you sharing the podcast and helping us get it out in the world so we can change more.